everyone, Shannon Waller here, and today I have a very, very special podcast for you. I am talking to Julia Waller, who, yes, is very closely related to me. She's my sister. And today what we're going to be talking about is unique ability. Now, clearly this is connected because we just published the Unique Ability 2.0 Discovery, which is a fabulous redo of the book that we published 10, 11 years ago about unique ability, creating the life that you want. So Julia, thank you very much for joining me today because unique ability is one of those topics that we feel we're kind of obligated to tell people because if they don't know, there's something really important missing. And I just really appreciate your time today. My absolute pleasure to talk about unique ability. I love doing that. So let's talk about what unique ability is, why it's so important, and then we're going to share how you can figure out your own, because this is the first podcast in our series, and we're super excited to have you engaged with everything that we're going to talk about. Well, unique ability is this amazing thing. It's what you naturally do well and what you love to do the most. So it's the essence of what you love to do and do best. And it shows up in all sorts of different activities in your life. Other activities, it doesn't show up there at all. But what we're talking about is figuring out what it is that you bring to the table that is your most natural and best contribution of yourself, how you can create the most value for those people around you, and what gives you the most joy when you're doing it. That sounds really exciting, but I can kind of hear some self-talk in my head, and I know it's definitely in others, like, First of all, if it feels so natural, can't everybody do it is one thing. And the other is, do you mean I actually just get to do mostly that? Doesn't everyone have to do things they're bad at or not good at or don't like? Because that's how our world is structured right now. Let's talk about that first point that it comes so naturally, we totally take it for granted. I meet with lots of people and talk about unique ability. And I've done that for many, many years now. And we all have this just part of being human, really, that we take what we do for granted. We think other people can do it too. To us, the way we look at the world and the way we approach things and what we can do, it's just so natural. Everything seems self-evident almost to us. How can other people not see what I can see? The answer is they don't have your brain. They don't have your experience. They don't have your set of talents. They don't have your knowledge, your wisdom, all of the stuff that you bring. They don't have that. And we always forget it. We have a nickname for that called unique ability blindness. We're blind to our own talents. One way to think of it is you're a goldfish in a pond and you can't even see the water around you because it's all you can see. So the unique ability process helps you put running shoes on, jump outside the pond and look back and see that there's actually water there. And then we start to describe what that water is. Well, that's really exciting because if I think about people who really do focus on their unique talents and skills, I think about elite athletes, I think about performers, I think about entertainers, and we pay a lot of money to watch really, really good people work and do what they love and do best. And that's worth a lot for us. So we, we actually do have a model in our society for the few people who do focus on that, and they take a lot of risks and not everyone's successful, but they get really, really well rewarded. And you can just tell I love watching passion. I mean, I'm not a huge sports fan, but anyone playing at a really, really high level with passion and heart, I'm there. I find it totally fascinating. And absolutely, that's the combination of those talents. And for some people, it is athletic talents and those type of things that we can see and, and as you say, are very highly rewarded. But there's all sorts of other kinds of talents that are equally as valuable. They may not be as highly rewarded in our society, but all the different pieces of the puzzle that work together to create any kind of result, whether you're working on a team, in your job, in your family, our talents show up in all sorts of areas. And I think of unique ability as how to make your biggest and best contribution. 
both of us, by the way, coach unique ability sessions with our strategic coach clients and teams, which we're very, very passionate about. This is where this concept of unique ability actually comes from, is from strategic coaches work with extremely successful entrepreneurs. And it's amazing to us sometimes how these really, really capable people who figured out how to make things work still aren't totally in touch with or spending a lot of time doing their unique ability. But one of the things that's really become clear is that people feel like they're kind of stuck. They don't actually know how to leverage and support themselves or feel like it's okay to really free themselves up to do more of what they're best at. There's definitely a real issue around permission, giving yourself permission, giving yourself permission to do what you love. You almost feel guilty having other people do those other activities because to you, those activities are not fulfilling. They're not fun to do. But the great thing about unique ability is there are many, many other people out there who love to do those other types of activities. We just can't even imagine they would because for us, it's such a, a wrong fit activity. But what you want to do is find the right talent and match it up with the right activity. And then you've got a great combination. And that's where you get accelerated results and way better teamwork and collaboration as well. So I'm really getting the sense that there's a lot more freedom available to most of us than we appreciate or that we take advantage of. So with activities that we're not very good at or we don't like doing or that we find energy draining, there really are people out there who love to do things. Like I, for example, hate scheduling. I'm really bad at it. I run out of mental energy in about one try. If I can't put it in the calendar and it doesn't work right away, I'm done. I'm really not great at organizing paperwork. I mean, there are people out there that really love to do that? Absolutely. There are people who get energy from doing those things. They thrive on it. They love it. I've met people who love cleaning out the fridge. I've met people who love to input data into the database, things that some people would think, I'm not a numbers person. There are people out there who love numbers. They love making sure everything works out and adds up and figuring out that is totally not my thing. And I'm so thrilled when I find other people who can do that type of thing, because then that frees me up. So Freedom is a huge, big part of unique ability, and I think that's really what strategic coach is so much about, is freedom from, and there's two kinds of freedom we talk about, the freedom from those energy-draining activities, the frustrations, the things that really, no matter how hard you work at them, you're really not going to get much better. And I think that's where our mindset is different. It's not a focusing on your weaknesses. We're really all about focusing on your strengths. So then we've got freedom too, which if I was freed up from those kind of activities, what would I want to use my talents for? And I want freedom to do the things that I really love to do and that are going to make the greatest contribution to everyone around me. I love that. And one of the things that I've been clear on as we've grown and learned through the unique ability process, which we've been kind of focusing on for the last 20 years pretty much, is that it's very difficult for me or anyone to create value doing something they're bad at. So regardless of whether or not we think we should, and that's a good word to pay attention to and cross out of your vocabulary, by the way, is if we think we should do it, but we procrastinate, we put it off, and by the time we do get to it, it's kind of a mess. <laughs> it's even worse than it was if we'd done it at the beginning. You know, it's hard to create value that way, but I can easily create value by doing something that I love and I'm really, really good at. And that's not ego talking. That's other people saying, hey, you're really good at this. So I love that because I love knowing what is my path to biggest contribution. I don't know about you or anyone listening, but when I know that I can have a positive impact on someone else, when I can make someone else's life better, when I've made a positive difference or a conversation that we've had has spurred them to think differently and freed them up, that makes my day. And I don't know too many people who are different than that. So if I can get there the easier way by doing what I love to do and I'm best at as opposed to what I think I should do, that opens up a ton of possibilities that didn't exist before. 
Absolutely. I want to go back and touch on that should word just for a minute, because it is such a big word. And I think one of the reasons I love unique ability so much is it it puts the power back in your hands. It puts the control back in your hands for how you want to design your life. It doesn't have to be based on what other people want you to do, or what you think the world wants you to do, or even in a certain role as a mother, I should do this as a father, I should do that as a Uh, whatever your role is in your job, there are always shoulds. As a student, I should do this. There are all these shoulds out there. And I think if we can start to take that word, like you said, out of our vocabulary and go back to, well, what is it that you want to do? Because that's based in your true passion that you bring with you that other people don't have. So it also creates this unique place for you in the world where you can make your contribution. And if everyone was doing that, another reason why I love unique ability is because that creates the overall best, most efficient, most highly functioning system. If everyone in the whole world was doing more and more of their unique ability, I'm not saying 100%, but if we were all working toward that end, that would make the whole world a better place. I love the picture of the world being a happier place. And what I really appreciate is we've had the direct experience of that. So as strategic coach, we work with very successful entrepreneurs. We work with their teams. And Julia, you've done literally hundreds of one-on-one sessions with people to help them discover their unique ability. In fact, you're the primary architect of really putting together the unique ability discovery process, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And can't wait to share it with everyone. But we get to actually see people really put value on those things that they just took for granted about themselves, which is a fascinating process in and of itself. And then, as you said earlier, have permission to get those things off their plate that they're not great at, that are energy draining. They give themselves freedom to get away from those things, so freedom from. And people's lives get incredibly better. I think we could eliminate a whole bunch of psychiatric issues. (laughs) I've seen people be freed up from incredibly stressful, anxious, anxiety-creating situations when they're freed up to do what they're best at. In fact, one of the people I work really, really closely with, a coach, used to work in a highly bureaucratic administrative systems to do with pensions. Well, if you've ever met Kathy, mm, that's not where you'd put her. She is a brilliant connector with people. She loves nothing more than promoting things that she is really, really cares about. And she is a phenomenal salesperson. So to see her in this little cubicle years and years ago, which provided her with enormous amounts of stress, very difficult to keep coming in every single day doing something she didn't feel was all that valuable, didn't feel valued in that role. And now she glows. She's so happy to be doing what she's doing. And she makes a huge difference. She has a positive impact on people's lives. And I love that. And she's very successful and more successful doing it. So I think a lot of times when I hear a term or other people hear a term like unique ability, we think it's rare, we think it's only for a few people, and we think it's a nice to have. And yet in our experience, it's incredibly practical if you want to, as you said earlier, increase your productivity, if you want to be way more effective, if you want to get bigger results in less time, unique ability is the source code for how to do that. This is not an accent. This is not just a nice thing. Oh, it'd be nice to know my unique ability. Uh Uh-uh. This is essential. This is core to how you can actually get the results and accomplish the goals that you have in your life and be a happier, more fulfilled person. If you're more fulfilled, guess what? We are better partners. We are better spouses. We are better parents. We are better friends. We are better daughters (laughs) and sons. We're just better people when we're happier and fulfilling, not just what we're really good at intellectually, but also what fulfills our passion, as you talked about earlier. One of the really fun things is to see people shift roles, as you're talking about right there. And that's where unique ability is not just for highly successful entrepreneurs. That's where this concept has been honed 
really worked on and improved over the last 25, even 40 years, I think, mm -hmm. since Dan has been doing this and, and Babs. They've been evolving the concept. We work with all kinds of people and even people on our own team who have shifted roles. And once there's a culture and a, a mindset of unique ability, then all of these things are possible. We've had people move from an administrative role into a writing creative role. You know, it just was not the best fit for them. So we start looking through the lens of unique ability and we start finding different opportunities for you and for other people around us where things would just work better. It would be more fun. And for me, I love to have fun and I love doing things that I care about. I don't want to spend all of my time doing stuff that I don't love doing. And at work, I know we spend so much time in our lives at work. It goes back to let's work on doing something that we love to do with other people doing what they love to do towards a common vision. That to me is just an amazing life. Whether you're the entrepreneur or you're the team member or you're whatever role you lead in life or whether you're the mother staying at home with your kids, you want to be focusing on what brings you the most joy and passion. And you want to look if there are ways where you can swap with other people or trade off to get rid of those other activities as much as you can. And then you'll start to notice everyone else's unique abilities around you too. So it, there's a compounding effect. Once you start to see unique ability, you see it everywhere and you learn to appreciate it more. And it goes back to what you said about the psychological issues. And I think there's a lot of not really appreciating what we bring. One of the exercises we do in the book that is a really profound one for a lot of people is where you send a letter out to people that you know, or an email, these days it's email, of course, and we ask people, what do you see as my unique ability? What kind of value do I create for you? What do you count on me for? And a lot of people are really nervous to send out that letter. They're scared. I was scared when I sent it out again. And we're kind of afraid to look egotistical or to seem arrogant in some way, but really we're just finding out what's great about each human being. That's really something to celebrate. And we don't want you to find out when it's too late. We don't want people to say great things about you when you're gone. Let's have people tell you that now. First of all, it's a real gift for you to hear it. And then it's also a gift for them to share that with you. So we're starting to share and appreciate each other's unique abilities. And it's a whole different way. You know, we're really good at noticing what's wrong with ourselves. And we're really good at noticing what's wrong with other people. So we're trying to flip that Absolutely. We all have areas that need work, that we need support, that we need to strengthen. It's not a scapegoat. Unique ability is not a scapegoat for not doing the things that you're not good at. Things have to happen. you got to roll up your sleeves and get them done. You mean I can't say, oh, it's not my unique ability? Absolutely not. That is, that is an unwritten rule, but it's part of the deal. Because sometimes you've got to get a result and you roll up your sleeves and you get stuff done and you get the kids off to school and you drive them around to all their activities or you do the things in your job that need to happen to get the results that you're doing in your job. So it's not a scapegoat, but we start to see things. How can we start to just peel away certain layers and certain things that are not those fulfilling activities and the things that you're not even good at? Let's just get rid of at least the things that you're not good at at all and see if there are other people who can do those things. It's really fascinating. There's so much. I want to go in so many different directions right now. But let's go back to mindset because you mentioned that earlier, and I think that actually is the fundamental starting point. And unique ability is a fabulous, fascinating conversation if you can look at things through that lens. However, there's another mindset. I would call it a more individualistic mindset. Quite a few of us are raised this way, so this will feel familiar for some of you. And we have a term at Coach called rugged individualism. And the motto there is, I can do it better myself. Now, in those things that you are, in fact, unique at, that is 100% true. But if we're honest with ourselves there's other things where it's not so much. You may think you should do them or have to do them. But really, if you're taking an accurate inventory 
and by the way, people who do have this mindset tend to be more accurate. If they have a growth mindset, they tend to be more accurate in their assessment of themselves. You realize, oh, well, I'm okay. Or that one actually I should, probably shouldn't do. And this one I'm pretty good at. This I really am good at and have a passion for. So you actually can take that assessment. But you have to have the mindset first. So if you've got the mindset of being a rugged individual, I can do it better myself, brute force method, if you just work long and hard enough, you can figure it out, that everyone is pretty much the same, plug and play, just stick one person in or another, doesn't really make that much difference. With that mindset, unique ability doesn't even show up on the radar screen. It is a lens. And if you don't have that lens in your repertoire, you're not going to see it. You're not going to see your own unique ability, which means why would you be paying attention to anyone else's? And I think that is such a critical thing to focus on because if I don't believe that I have a unique ability, I'm certainly not going to believe that anyone else does. And I'm not going to arrange my world or set up a culture where people are freed up to do their unique ability. I think the other part of that mindset is the shoulds, too, that I have to do it. Well, but this is the only way. This is the only way that it will work. So once you can see a unique ability way of doing things, then all of your actions are going to shift in alignment with that. But without that initial mindset, you're right, that's kind of the starting point. It's making that commitment to having that mindset and seeing the possibilities in it, getting really excited about it. Because if you paint the vision and the picture of your future with you doing the stuff that you really love to do and do best, play that out for the next 25 years, say, and then turn the other way and play it out doing the stuff that you're not very good at and struggling with the areas you might call them weaknesses or whatever your word is and play that out for 25 years. Which future is more fascinating and motivating and exciting? Why not? It just makes so much sense to me. Why would you not want to go the route of unique ability? Well, well you're going to put the time in anyway. And exactly. We talk about that a lot. You're going to put the time in anyway. Why not make your life the best it could possibly be and use your best talents and apply them to the right audiences? And you'll learn. It's a very much of a learning process. You're always learning. Sometimes you're winning. Sometimes you're learning, right? You're not always winning, but it's all learning and it's towards something that's really inspiring and fulfilling. You've got this great vision of the future and that's what helps you go through the bumpy phases, right? We call it the courage phase. So there's some scary stuff to put yourself out there and actually to even embrace your own greatness. That's kind of a scary thing for some people. And that is one of the obstacles, I think, around unique ability. Apart from thinking that you don't have a unique ability, I think that's one of the main ones. The word unique, people get hooked on, and they think that it has to be really fancy or special or something. Like Michelangelo or Monet yeah, or... Or one of the great artists, exactly, or sports people or any famous author or anybody. We think that's what unique means. But and we think it's rare. We are rare because there's actually only one Shannon Waller in the world. There's only one Julia Waller. There's only one of each of us in the entire world. So to me, uniqueness in one sense is just completely obvious and true and accurate because there is only one of us in the entire world. But it's also common in the fact that each of us has a unique set of fingerprints. Each of us has a unique complement of skills and experience and talents and strengths. So yes, uniqueness is everywhere. There's an abundance to that, which is really fun and, and liberating and freeing to think about. Absolutely, yes. The other thing that strikes me as you're talking is that with the old mindset, the other mindset, it's like there's one right way to do things. There's one right way to do this role and pick a title. Could be mother, could be father, could be spouse, could be wife, husband. It could be a particular job title and role that you have or doctor. And yet there's so much individualization we can bring to it. So how are you a great mother? I mean, both of us are moms. So your way of being a great mom is different than my way of being a great mom. I realize very quickly there are certain things I love, love, love doing with my girls. Some things not so much. 
And when I actually gave myself freedom and permission to really focus on the ways that I was going to be happy and they were going to want to spend time with me, you know, it didn't mean a lot of house cleaning or meal preparation. If someone else figures out what they want to eat, I'm very happy to make it. But the planning part goes back to my lack of ability to schedule. Ugh, that's draining. That's fatiguing. I know other people, really good friends of mine, who love to cook. That's how they're their best self. And there's just so many ways to do it. So there isn't one right way. There's your right way. And that's, I think, what's really fascinating and cool about unique ability is it gives you permission to find your right way, which means that there's lots of different, very effective, productive ways to get the same thing done. You get to carve out your unique path. That's a beautiful point because we are all wired so differently. And we think it's factory installed. This is since you were born, you know, and you've honed your skills and talents as you've gone along. We're all striving for a result, but if we get to do it in our own way, we're much more likely to have fun along the way, but also to create the result that's at a much higher level. I think parenting is one of those areas where it's really easy to beat yourself up as a parent because it's such a tough job. <laughs> <laughs> I have a three-year-old, so I think there are all sorts of shoulds in terms of parenting. So if we can, like you're saying, free ourselves up from the thinking that we have to be good at everything as a parent. There are areas that I'm better at and other areas my husband's much better and we bring in nanas and grandmas and, and other people who can, you know, it takes a village. And I think part of the reason it takes a village is because we all have different abilities and contributions to our children and we can't do it all, but we beat ourselves up. And I think unique ability is one of those tools that helps you stop beating yourself up for the things that you're not good at. Well, I love that because you were saying earlier, you, sometimes you still have to roll up your sleeves and get it done. And you just know sometimes, well, it's going to get done. It might not be pretty. <laughs> it might not be the very, very best version of it, but I'm doing my best. And you only hold yourself accountable to the level of your capability in that area, which is actually kind of nice. It's being your own best friend. It's being nice to yourself. You'd be nice to one of your friends. You know, they got it done, but wasn't the most elegant, graceful, efficient way. It's like, oh, okay, you still got it done. You know, you did good. We're like that with other people. We're not like that with ourselves. So that's a pretty neat take on things. I think it's a very forgiving way to look at yourself, but it also gives you permission to play big and to really maximize and make the biggest contribution you can knowing what your skills and talents and passions really lead you towards. That's a very exciting conversation. Yeah, I think at Strategic Coach and Shannon and I, we're both maximizers. We're all maximizers. We like to take things, what works really well and is working really well, and take it to the next level. It just makes so much sense than trying to take something that's at a lower level and bring it just up a smidge. To me, that's really not gratifying. Now, that's other people's unique ability to do that. But we talk a lot about maximizing. So how do we take what we naturally have and how do we take it out into the world, apply it to the right opportunities, the best fit opportunities for us? Again, it's all individually tailored. And that's the kind of life we want to live. And we are living. You know, we get to do so much stuff that we love to do. And who are the best relationships and kinds of people and audiences that we would love to be a hero to, that we could really contribute to in the best possible way? And they would appreciate our unique ability the most. And this is where jobs come in, too. People would pay. And a lot of our entrepreneurial clients, that's what they get paid for. They get paid and paid well for their unique ability. And it's a certain talent that they have and a set of talents that they can contribute to certain kinds of people. And it's so valuable. It's like gold. We all have this gold within us, and we just need to bring it out and shine the light on it. And that's what our process does is help you see what your own gold is and how you can use it and how you can best apply it. And I think we're all looking to be useful in really great ways in the world. I think every single person wants to be useful and be valuable and be valued. And unique ability is at the core of all of that. Fantastic. 
So let's jump into the process because what I love and I really appreciate, Jay, is how you have put, as you have said before, tools that were lying around that Dan Sullivan, co-founder of Strategic Coach, had created and integrated them into a process. We'll talk a little bit about some of the profiles that we highly recommend, but Julie and I are completely different when it comes to what our innate striving talents are per what's called the Colby profile. But what you've done is really put together and integrate a whole step-by-step process where people can walk it through in our Unique Ability Notebook and come out at the other end with a very, very clear statement. And can you tell the story of Suzanne? Because she was someone with whom you had done a Unique Ability session, and then she went through the book and had a really interesting insight about that. So Suzanne is a beautiful and brilliant graphic designer. She designed the book and the notebook. And as we were writing the book, we were working in great teamwork together. And I so appreciate Suzanne's talent. You give her an issue and you describe it to her, and then she comes up with something that I would never in a million years have come up with. So one of those beautiful partnerships. And she just had so much fun, too, because she had freedom to do her unique ability. So, yeah, she had come up with her own unique ability before. And then as she was testing out the notebook, as we were writing it, she went through the process and she thought, oh, wow, I've come up with all this new different stuff. And then when she took it, she went to look back at what we'd come up with before and it was the same thing. All the same elements were there. So that was just another proof. She also came up with great ideas to redesign the notebook and came back with those to me. But I said, well, great, Suzanne, you're the designer. Go for it. You know, you design it so that it works best because I do it in my own one-on-one way. But we really wanted to stand independently on its own. So we just want more people to be able to go through the process. One of the things that frustrates me in the world is when there aren't processes. There's not a process to go through to get somewhere. And, you know, you read a lot of other books and self-help books and about finding your passion and doing what you love to do and finding jobs that fit with that. But then they tell lots of stories and those are really inspirational, but there's no path to get there. So I'm a path person. I'm a process person. It's how my brain is wired. Luckily for me, I found Strategic Coach and found a place that needed someone like that. And I turned my frustrations into opportunities to create value. And I just created a whole bunch of processes within our company around growth and development and career path and culture and learning, because that's the stuff that fascinates me. And that's what the unique ability is. There were tools that were already brilliant lying around. I pulled them together and started working people through the process. And I've been doing that for over 15 years, one-on-one with people going really deep we kind of look at two sides of unique ability in the book. So there's the sort of light, easier way to take a jump in first, which is looking at your activities and what activities you're doing that really give you energy and which don't. Then there's the other path where we actually figure out what is my unique ability and how do I name it? How do I put words around it? So we have a whole process in the book that takes you through doing that. There's such a great power to naming. I mean, you think of some of the things that I get to experience with people when they actually see their unique ability in one sentence. And some people get really emotional when they see it. They feel gotten. They feel, that is me. Oh, my gosh, that is me. And this is what I love to do. This is what I'm all about. I always get chills. And then they get to go out and do more of that. Well, that's better for them. And there is a selfish aspect to unique ability because it's about self. It's about you. But then what happens is I'm so excited because that's going to create tremendous value for everyone around them. So the clearer you are on your unique ability, the more you can go and use it, which benefits everybody. And our unique ability almost spills out around out of us and other people can benefit from it. But it starts with us. It starts with who we need to be, what we need to do in order to be our best selves. And that's a really cool thing. And it's all within you. Everybody has it already within them. We're just trying to bring it out and uncover it in a way. It's almost more of an uncovering process than a discovering process, but we're uncovering what's already there and just bringing it out. 
Well, that brings to mind the story I've heard <laughs> clearly from centuries ago of Michelangelo. You know, it's like, well, how do you know what to carve? He said, well, I just uncover everything that's not the statue. I just chip away. And that's exactly what the unique ability discovery process says. It has you uncover and kind of shine the light on things that, again, you've taken for granted. It's the water you swim in. So we think everyone can do what we do, but they don't. I like to speak in front of groups. Lots of people don't really love to do that. I love to coach. Lots of people don't like coaching. So it's really refreshing to get that perspective and just to appreciate that, oh, what I love to do and I'm really great at is not the same as everybody else. So I want to add a couple of other elements to Unique Ability, and we'll kind of run you through what some of the steps are and what to expect if you decide to invest, because it's not a cost. It's definitely an investment in discovering your own unique ability. And it's not a very big investment either. To me, it pays massive, huge dividends in terms of your own happiness and the contribution that you can make to other people. So you said this at the beginning, Julia. It's really what you love to do and are best at. It's also that thing that gives you energy. So we've been talking about a lot of things that don't give you energy, and we'll talk about different levels of activities in a moment. But it's those things that when you do them actually feed you. At the end of the day, you might be physically tired, this happens to me, but in every other way, you have more energy than when you started. It is fun. You're into it. Your eyes light up. You just bring a lot to the table when you're doing your unique ability. And the other aspect, and this can sometimes trip people up, is that you can always see room for never-ending improvement. Now, I've had training in administration, which got me from incompetent to competent, <laughs> but I had no passion. Therefore, technically, I knew I could get better, but I wasn't going to because I didn't have enough passion for it. Now, can I always see room to get better to coach? Absolutely. Yes, that's how I make my living. People tell me I'm good at it, but I can always, 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 always see room to get better. I think the difference with unique ability is that you want to get better. You want to keep getting better and better at it. And back to the energy point, when you have that much energy, it gives everyone else energy around you. I know when I'm finished a unique ability session, I could keep going till midnight. And people say, well, you must be tired. I said, no, this actually gives me energy. I could keep talking, you know, remind me to take a break. The energy spreads to everyone, and we just keep wanting to get better and better at it. And what a great use of our time mm -hmm. doing something that we love to do and do well and getting it even better. And that's where lots of magic happens, I think, as you keep improving, improving, and focusing on a smaller set of activities, taking those and really getting really good. Some of the most highly successful people in the world, they work on fewer activities. They carve out their niche, and that's what they really specialize in, and it can be applied to a whole bunch of different opportunities. So it's not limiting in any way. It's actually expanding. Dan talks about all freedom lies in restriction. So if you restrict your zone to your unique ability, then you've got such freedom. Well, you're so much more powerful. And this is validated by some research, in case you think we're <laughs> making it up. Lewis Schiff wrote a fabulous book called Business Brilliant. And with his research partner, Russ Allen Prince, they did a survey of middle-class people who are successful, moderately successful financially, compared to people who have what's called ultra-high net worth, which is $30 million and above. One of the questions they asked in the survey is, how many things are you really, really good at? So again, kind of a unique ability type question. And Lewis has been in the program before. The answer for the people in the middle class were, oh, I'm really, 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 really good at five to 10 things. The ultra high net worth individual said they were really, really good at 1.9, <laughs> less than two, which I think is kind of funny. And they knew that they were very, very, very good at very, very, very few things. And they only focused on that. And then they had teams of people, we'll talk about teamwork in a moment, teams of people who focused on all of the elements that they weren't. And I think there's a lesson in there. I mean, financial success is not the only measure of success, but it's kind of an interesting indicator 
that the more people refine and focus in on their unique contribution, the more that spills over onto success financially included, which I think, I don't know about you, but I find that sort of an exciting opportunity to look forward to. So let's just lay out what the steps are in the activities process, the activities path, and then also for the naming path, because I think there's some neat starting points that you'll probably want to jump into right away. Great. So the activities path is actually pretty simple. It's really listing the activities that you spend your time doing. We've given a personal example and a professional example or whatever you're doing in your life right now, whatever takes up your time. So there's a listing of those types of activities. And then we look at those activities and categorize them into four kinds of activities. One being unique ability where you've got a superior skill. So you're very good at it and other people would agree that you're very good at it. Yeah, this is not just you making that up. Yeah, it's not just you pretending and thinking you're good at something, but there's credibility there. It gives you tons of energy. There's a sense of never-ending improvement. And there's a passion behind it that drives you, that you just want to do it more and more. You love it. So that's unique ability. You totally love it. And then there's excellent. So excellent, you're very, very good at it. Again, you've got the superior skill. There's a great sense of teamwork. You have a great reputation for being good at it. The big differentiator here is there is no passion. You may even hate these activities, but you're really good at them. People sometimes get trapped doing these excellent activities because you're so good at them. And I think a lot of people live their lives in the realm of excellent activities. And the excellent trap for me is a very real and tangible thing. I run into this, not that I talk to non-entrepreneurs all that often, but people who are very successful in business, very successful in academia, very successful in the medical industry, and they are really, really, really good, but they're stuck because they've lost the passion or they're stuck where they get paid really, really well. It pays for a great lifestyle, a house, you know, private school for their kids, but they are burnt out. Or the term I've actually heard is brownout, which I think is a great term. And you can feel a little crazy because people outside of you are saying great things about you. You're getting tons of kudos, again, that reputation. And yet inside you're like, oh, if I have to do this one more time, and you're really frustrated, but keep doing it because you're trying to satisfy and live up to that. So a lot of people aren't actually in our next two levels. A lot of very successful people are stuck in excellent. And sometimes I hear stories about people from the investment industry, very, very successful, do really, really well on Wall Street. And after 10 years, go and buy an organic farm in the country, <laughs> do something completely different because they have to escape somehow from that excellent trap. Yeah, there's a lot of pain in the excellent trap because you don't have anything that's really fulfilling. Competent activities are the next kind of activities, so we really don't want to be doing these because we barely come up to minimum standards. There's a lot of anxiety. A lot of people could do these things better than you. And then incompetent activities, which I know not everybody loves that word. And I actually talked to a client the other day about the fact that if you recognize that you have a unique ability and that some of the things that you do are unique ability activities, it's easier to admit that you've got areas of incompetency. For me, numbers, budgeting, building, anything mechanical, anything hands-on, I'm really bad at it. I'm not good at it. I don't want to get better at it. I want someone else to do it for me. So that's incompetent. And I can say that because I feel okay. I know I can make a contribution in other ways. And I think for each of us, that becomes true. So we get this snapshot of just what's true in your life. It's not good. It's not bad. It's just what is. And we all believe at Strategic Coach that all progress starts by telling the truth. So once you see this truth in front of you, you can say, okay, what's something I could do better? So the next step in that part of the process is to create a plan, create an action plan. What am I going to do? You sell yourself on the benefits of doing it. It might be a small thing. It might be a tiny thing. It might be to stop doing something. It might be to ask someone else to swap with you. It might be a delegation or something where you go online and get somebody to do it for you in a cheap way, or you might actually have another person who can take that on. It depends on what the situation is. 
Then you create an action plan. You give yourself a deadline date. You get other people involved. And then you're at least starting to shift those numbers. You can set a one-year goal. If my current percentage of time in my unique ability, maybe it's only 5%. I've met people like that. They're really unhappy. They're really frustrated. They're really bored. They don't see their purpose in life. How can I make that 10%? That would be a doubling. How can I make that 15%? We just want you to get in motion towards this future that's filled more and more with unique ability. And every little action you take towards that will start to make your life better. Well, and I like to think about this in a team or a company situation too. There's a really interesting aspect of when you spend time doing something you're bad at, so incompetent. I like to say, I put in the time and effort and I do not get the result. That's my definition of incompetence. Even though it may not be a huge portion of your time, it takes up a massive portion of your brain. So I know when I have to do something administrative or super detailed that I have to be really sequential about, my mental energy is gone for that really pretty early in the day. It's just hard work. Like I actually have to schedule something for next week and I've been putting it off for three weeks. So it's fascinating for me because even though I spend very, very little time doing it, <laughs> I spend a lot of time thinking I should do it or stressing about it. And I have to tell you that takes all that mental energy away from things that I can create value doing and I am much better at and I do easily and well. So percentage of time and percentage of brain are actually two different things. One of my clients I met with just last week, she said the same thing. And I've talked to lots of people about this over the years, but she said it's almost like a sanity check. So she had a name for it. She said there's a percentage of time, but there's a percentage of brain and how much I'm worrying about it and not worrying and not waking you up at 2 a.m. Those are the issues that are bugging you and bothering you. That's really valuable brain space that could be used somewhere else. It really adds to your stress level in life, too. And I think a unique ability perspective and mindset reduces that stress and it reduces those frustrations. The other aspect of that is if I am doing something, and this is from personal experience, that I am competent or incompetent at, I start off grumpy. I'm not that much fun to work with when I'm doing those types of activities. So think about your teamwork. It could be with your family, it could be with your team, what have you. But do you really want to start teamwork situations starting out from your not happy place? <laughs> Probably not. When I'm frustrated, I'm anxious, I'm tense, I'm fearful, all of those things do not lead to a great result. Whereas if I'm coming in knowing I'm protected in my unique ability, I have lots of room, lots of energy for communication and teamwork. So look at your starting point sometime. I think that's an interesting point to bring in. Quick note before we go on to the naming path, and that is that to take action, you want to start by getting rid of those things that are incompetent. Frankly, I don't see how they add any value to your life or anyone else's if you're doing it. So even though you think you should, I want you to tell that little voice, thank you for sharing, that I want you to ignore it and invest in whatever kind of teamwork. Could be a house cleaner, could be an assistant, could be a partner of some kind, outsourcing. Technology. Technology, yes, that's a huge resource. Then you get rid of competent. And if we spend 50% of our life in excellent and 50% of our life in unique, I'm going to tell you, you're going to be far better ahead for your own life and compared to other people's. So the first two things to look at getting off your plate are incompetent, incompetent. All right, let's jump in quickly to the naming path. You've talked about how exciting that is. And it starts by sending out that letter that you mentioned. That's the starting point. And I think if you did nothing else, I would like you to send this email out to eight people that you know and trust. They can be family members, friends, 
people you know from school. They can be people that you work with. They can be clients, colleagues, whatever you want, but people that you trust their opinion. And they don't even have to know you for that long, which is kind of funny. What you'll see is when you get the letter back and you'll ask them, what do you think my unique ability is? And they can say it all in their own words. It doesn't have to be in any sort of format. They'll do it based on their own set of talents, actually. You'll learn something about them based on what they write. But the impact you have on them is really valid. They're your audiences. They're the people that you create value for. So when you get their feedback, it's really valid. It's true. You know, this is their experience of you. And, you know, the audience is right. So you start to absorb, wow, okay, these things that I just do so naturally, I guess they do create value for the people around me. And it starts to shine the light a little bit on the fact that you do have this unique ability. And we tend to think we're mysterious. People can't see who we really are. <laughs> and I learned really, really quickly from my letters, like, oh, Apparently, I'm totally transparent because very, very different people see exactly the same things. You'll see very common themes. And that's the next part. There are a couple other tools that we use as well. But we're looking for themes. We're looking for the common themes that play out in all areas of our life because unique ability isn't just work. It's work. It's home. It's personal. It's everywhere. It goes with you. Now, a couple of those tools, just to reference them so that people know what they are. One is StrengthsFinder. StrengthsFinder comes from the Gallup organization. So they profiled, oh, 2 million people to get their sample size. And they've come up with a pattern of 34 different strengths. Maximizer, Julia, that you mentioned before is one of them. For very reasonable costs through StrengthsFinder 2.0 or the GallupStrengthsCenter.com website, or my favorite book is Strengths-Based Leadership, you can get your own profile and learn what your top five strengths are out of those 34. So that's kind of on the personality feeling side. Now, the other tool that we just love and find completely and totally essential is something called your Colby profile. It's K-O-L-B-E.com if you want to go check that out, Colby A. And what that gives you is language and words for how you strive, how you problem solve. So Julia, you're a follow through, eight follow through out of 10 on the Colby profile. I am a two. <laughs> So that explains why you're a process person and why I'm not. And that shows up in lots of different ways. But you can really start to understand how and why you've done things the way you've done them. It's incredibly validating. And it also allows you to look for the right teamwork to fill in your gaps, to fill in where you don't have mental energy. I want to point out a really important thing about the Colbys that each profile describes your strengths. So a two follow through is just as fantastic as an eight follow through. Your two follow through means you're brilliant at adapting and finding shortcuts. So if I will create a system and then I can go to Shannon and she can cut out the steps that she was going to skip anyway, and I'm going to come up with a much better system. So that's where the teamwork and collaboration and as Shannon and I are quite opposite in, in pretty much every way. But then between us, we have eight out of these 12 creative problem solving modes within the two people. So it's actually a great teamwork as long as we can get along, which we've gotten better and better at as we've gotten older. Sisters, of course. Anyway, this just brings out that each element is a strength, no matter what the number is. My favorite quote about Colby comes from a fabulous client of ours. He said, before I knew about Colby, I thought everyone was just like me, only not as good. <laughs> And that, to me, is sort of the embodiment, too, is you get to recognize that there are other right ways to do things. They're just not right for you. So that's a huge benefit that Colby gives. And it gives a really important step for language because the next part of the process after you get the letters and you've done the profiles is to figure out what's called your 10 best unique ability habits. So we take all of that information from the letter, from the Colby, from the StrengthsFinder, we synthesize it together, we find what those top 10 themes are, and then each theme, we basically describe it. In your own words, we describe what are you actually doing, and there may be several parts to that, and 
why are you doing it? And that gets to the passion. So the talent is the what you're doing and the passion is the why you do it. The result that you're most passionate about achieving. What do you care about? And that's where the why comes in. After you go through that process, you boil that down into one sentence, which some people think is really hard, but actually the process walks you right through every step and it's not even that hard. The hardest part to me is the 10 best habits and really fleshing those out. But even if you have an 80% version, a first draft written down, you have more than you had before and you have more than the most of the rest of the people in the whole world have. So your self-awareness has gone up a huge leap just from doing this kind of thinking and from using these tools and profiles. Oh, that is so exciting. I know my statement because I've done earlier version. Now I've done a later version, which is much more complete. I'm much more self-aware. And I think one of my favorite mottos is know thyself. And there is nothing better than this whole unique ability process using the profiles, which again, are not tests. You cannot fail them. There's no wrong answer because it really helps that self-awareness. And when you're self-aware, when I'm self-aware, we can then be in teamwork with other people. And that's why I'm so keen on always having people around me. I want to know their strengths better. We want to know their Colbys. So we know how to play to their strengths. That is a very powerful, effective way to live. That's what we're so excited about with this unique ability discovery process, because it really facilitates that conversation. Okay, time to wrap up. So if you are super keen after our conversation, we really, really hope you are. Because as you said earlier, Julia, this is the gold within you. Now, it may not be pulled out. It may not be polished. It may not be in useful form yet, but it's there. And this is a matter of uncovering. So highly, highly recommend that you grab a copy for yourself and anyone else you want to get one for of Unique Ability 2.0 Discovery. And that's available on uniqueability.com. It's also available on Amazon. And for those of you that are entrepreneurs and that do have businesses and you're very keen on creating that culture that we talked about and a unique ability team, because by the way, that is the way to the most productive and profitable company I can possibly imagine, then check out strategiccoach.com because we have a ton of resources in addition to unique ability where you can really access your talents and leverage them to your much, much bigger future. We look forward to more conversations about uniqueability, and we really hope you'll check out. There are tons of resources I want to point out on uniqueability.com for you, and we're going to keep adding to those resources just to help you get started. Just take one step towards figuring out your uniqueability or having some kind of increased uniqueability in your life, and you'll notice a difference right away. Awesome. Julia, just to wrap up, I just want to say how much I appreciate that you have put all of these steps into a process. It's something I never in a million years would have done. And to my mind, it's this key step. The book is fabulous. It's really well written. Catherine and Julia did all the heavy lifting on the book. But really just having that step-by-step -step process, I think, is the next key tool for people to really be their biggest and best, most contributing selves. So thank you for your unique ability. And thanks for yours, Shannon. I just feel so grateful to have the opportunity to do what I love to do and to work with you and, and your incredible work with teams. So I think we'll have more great conversations. Great. Thanks so much for listening. If you have any questions, please let us know. Love to hear your comments at questionsastrategiccoach.com. And as always, here's to your team success. Hi, Shannon here, and thank you very much for listening. If you like what you heard today, please take a moment to rate the Team Success Podcast on iTunes. And we'd love it if you'd share the podcast with anyone else who could benefit. If you're interested in learning more about the Strategic Coach Program for Entrepreneurs, visit us at strategiccoach.com or the Strategic Coach channel on YouTube. For free downloads and more team success strategies, visit teamsuccesshandbook.com.